Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. And thanks to everybody that helped us get up over 5,000 subscribers. That's obviously a big milestone for every YouTube channel out there, so thank you very much. But if you haven't subscribed, please do. If you have, tell a friend. And if you listen to one of our, listen to our show on one of our other mediums podcast-wise, Go to the YouTube channel and support, subscribe as well. We'd appreciate that. I'm here with Corey Burton from Believe in Georgia Dogs talking about the Ole Miss Georgia game this weekend. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis. How you doing, Corey? Man, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on, dude. You're you're killing it, man. You're killing yeah. the Ole Miss, dude. It's it's uh, this is a freaking monster, man. I love it. Yeah, it, it's this is going to be um, this time next year. It's going to be a completely different animal than it is right now. Yeah, right well, now, there's other people within shouting distance of me. I think by this time next year, that's that's not even going to be the case. And that is really cool indeed. But you're over at Believe in Georgia Dogs, and you host a show with Israel Troop, and you go back and forth. And we got to show Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go check out our show. Yeah. Um, Georgia's won 11 billion consecutive games, and they haven't won it. They haven't lost at home this decade. And you know, the storylines coming to this game is Ole Miss probably can win the game, but like I always tell everybody, there's a difference between can, will, and should. And it's going to be an ultimate free shot for Ole Miss, but, you know, I go back and forth on certain things, but I look at this Georgia defense, and it's not the Georgia defense that you're familiar with. That's, there's no Jordan Davis or Jalen Carter coming through those doors. I think this Georgia team is quietly an offensive team this year. They really are. I mean, you know, you look at what's going on defensively. I mean, if you look at the secondary, the secondary is playing stellar. That's the reason why I think that's the group that's carrying this unit. Um, the defensive front has not been great. They lack a superstar. I've been saying that all year on my show on SEC After Dark, just anywhere that I've been talking about Georgia, I'm talking about the lack of star power on the defensive line that we've been so spoiled with the last few years with Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Um, but to go to your point about offense, absolutely. I mean, I, I haven't seen, you know, Stetson Bennett spread it out a good bit and he used his legs as a weapon. Carson Beck is truly spreading around to his weapons. I mean, he's got Ra Ra Thomas involved, Dominic Lovett involved, Lad McConkey, now Oscar Delt, Brock Bowers before he got hurt. The running game is really good with Dejon Edwards and Kendall Milton. That got a breath of fresh air when those two guys returned from injury. Uh, the offensive line has been playing better now that we've been able to throw the ball a little bit better downfield. Um, so the run game has obviously improved. So, I mean, there's a lot of layers to this offense that we didn't see in years past because Stetson was so dangerous with his legs. You didn't see all the dimensions in this Todd Munkin system, which we still have. It's just a different person calling the plays uh, with Mike Bobo, and, and you're starting to see some of those depths open up because Carson can run, but he doesn't. Uh, he, he doesn't use that as his primary or even secondary option. He's going to look to try to get the ball out of his hands before he takes off and runs. So there's a lot of depth in this offense, much more depth, and I think it has a lot to do with Carson Beck versus Stetson Bennett. Yeah, and I think the Ole Miss defense and Pete Golding, um, it's going to come down to where they need to affect Carson Beck. They, uh -huh. 
nobody's been able to get him off his spot. Nobody's getting gotten him to drop his eyes. I think this offensive line and pass pro is actually really good, and they can lean on you a little bit on like in short yardage situations. And, and Ole Miss is in the top five in the country in sacks. I think it's going to be imperative that Ole Miss can somehow figure out a way to defeat the protection of Georgia um, and, and affect Carson Beck. You've seen it in very, very small uh, doses. Like Auburn, I think, in the first half was able to get to Carson Beck a little bit more than than, than anybody else. Uh, South Carolina got to him a little bit. Missouri probably was the most successful at getting to Carson Beck and getting him on the ground, getting shots on him. Um, there were some throws that he probably should have made that he didn't uh, because he had a little bit of pressure. So if Ole Miss gets a little creative with their pressures, whether it's stunning – bringing guys off the edge, whatever the case may be. Um, if they get more comfortable with that or more creative with that as well, you'll start – you'll see them because they're – Ole Miss is talented enough to, to do it. They will get to Carson Beck a little bit, whether they rattle him. I haven't seen anybody rattle Carson Beck. Yeah. Um, you get a little pressure in his face, it might buy you a down, but, like, he's going to make up for it. He's going to hit – like, the first play out of halftime against South Carolina – they, I mean, they brought some heat, and he had a he had a nice twelve yard dig over the middle for a first down immediately, and it was just calm, poise, and just delivered the rock. And that's what that's what makes Carson Beck so special, is that he's just calm, even keeled, and just gets the job done, almost kind of robotic. You know, Lane Kiffin talked about in this game that this is a trifecta of a game. You're playing Georgia who is an extremely talented team. They're going to have more talented than you. You're playing them at night on senior night, and you're playing against Kirby Smart and that staff, which is an elite coaching staff. This this is a really tall test for the Ole Miss Rebels. How can the Ole Miss Rebels win this game? If they get Quinshawn Judkins going, if they they affect the plus-one run game with Jackson Dart, I I think there's some weaknesses there attacking this defense, um, especially right – right down Broadway. Um, Passing-wise, I mean, you're just going to have to take what you can get there, quick game, uh, screens, things that can just get you on the edge immediately. Um, and and that's how Ole Miss can score points. Uh, defensively for Ole Miss, uh, they're just going to have to – they're just going to have to get plenty of pressure on Carson Beck, and they're going to have to press. They're going to have to affect the quick game there. Uh, and, and they're just going to have to knock down Carson Beck repeatedly, get in throwing lanes, block passes, create a couple turnovers. And, of course, the special teams battle. They're going to win the special teams battle. Yeah, and, and that's interesting. And, and third down. Third down is really interesting because Georgia's in the top five in the country on both offensive and defensive third down conversions. Yeah. And and I think that might more be of a testament that Carson Beck is pretty good, but also Georgia does a decent job of staying on schedule offensively. Yeah. But – the flip side of that is if you get into a situation to where it's third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, you're not you're not picking up that first down against that secondary. No, you're not. Um, you're not at all. It, you know because that's when we bring our best pressures. You know we we bring guys, um, we confuse offensive lines, and we're able to get home on a lot of things. Now with Jackson Dart, we're, it may be great to get pressure there, but if we don't break down and tackle. Jackson Dart's just going to sidestep it and take off running because what one like these third long pressures that we that we bring, uh, they leave a lot of they leave a lot of space. Like if the quarterback can has some escapability. Now, fortunately, we've played it. We've played quarterbacks that haven't had that great of escapability. The best one being uh, Brady Cook, who 
made us pay on a few of those where we got home and, and had kill shots on him and he just sidestepped it and took off out the out the gate and he was he was down the field. So if Jackson Dart can do that a little bit, I think that will alleviate some of the third and long stuff and, and that'll allow him to sit back more on those downs and be able to be able to pick things apart. Uh, but this secondary, like I said, for the most part, they're gonna get man coverage and they're gonna come after you. And there's not gonna be many places to throw the ball. So it's gonna be, you know, if you get in third and long, you might as well just, hey, let's just take our L, let's just punt it away, play field position, let's let's go. Unless Jackson Dart can create with his legs, which he's fully capable of. It's just a matter of is he gonna be able to. Yeah, this is a game that for almost to win this game, uh, the stars need to perform like stars. Um, Jackson Dart needs to have a big day. Quinshawn Judkins a big day. And Trey Harris, what is the Georgia cornerback that they're going to line up on the um, Ole Miss number one wide receiver? Which cornerback is on the left side of the defense? It's well, if they if they match like that, if they match one on one, it's going to be Kamari Lasseter. Um, okay. He's um, but Humphrey as well. Uh, Humphrey, Jalen Humphrey has been really good uh, as the other corner. And I, and I think they do field boundary sometimes, or if they go man, they might just match up. Hey, you got you got this guy, so if he lines up here, you're you're going with him. Like they may do a little bit of that with as dangerous as Trey Harris is, and they'll put Kamari Lasser on him. Uh, the nickel corner is Javon Bullard, who is extremely physical. Uh, he's the guy that knocked Marvin Harrison out of the game. Um, he'll hit you. Uh, and then Malachi Starks is really good helping over the top. He's extremely athletic, free safety. Um, not saying he's, not saying he's a, he is Ed Reed because that's a very lofty comparison. But he plays that similar style where he can cover a lot of ground quickly, and he's very athletic and and uh, very athletic with the ball in the air, and he can he can contort his body to make just some of these ridiculous interceptions, and he's extremely physical. Um, but I mean, I'm not by any stretch comparing him to Ed Reed because Ed Reed is like, he's an alien. He's a, he's on a completely different level of safety play. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be long story short. It's going to be Kamari Lasseter uh, more than likely. And um, Georgia, didn't they lose a linebacker in the Missouri game, the starting middle linebacker? Yeah. Jamon Dumas Johnson. Um, he's questionable. Um, not sure what his status is right now, but uh, he's, I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. Yeah, I, I think he broke his arm. So if he plays, it's like Patrick Willis level at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, just just club it up and go, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, what does Georgia have behind him at linebacker? I'm sure they have somebody. It's another five star. Yeah, it is. Um, Samel London's going to probably have to move over and take some of the leadership role that uh, Dumas Johnson had. Um, but I don't know. That's uh, going to be. It's going to be kind of a mixed grab bag there um, as far as who, who's going to get it. But uh, C.J. Allen, Raylan Wilson, probably one of those two will step up. C.J. Allen has played well. Um, Raylan and, Wilson, that's a true freshman, right? That is a true freshman from Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he is uh, – he's going to be pressed into action. So it'll probably be C.J. Allen and then Raylan Wilson will come in. They'll probably rotate more than uh, they did with, with uh, Dumas Johnson. And so uh, just look for those two names. Every time you every time you say that, I um I think the Kentucky Headhunters. Um, 
<laughs> every single time. Um, so, but we had a conversation yesterday and everything is like, you know, why are Georgia's defense is schizophrenic on their sack numbers? They're like 70th in the, 70th in the country in sacks and they're like 80th in tackles for loss, but they're top five in third down conversions and things like that. They give up 70% touchdown rate inside the red zone. And you told me that the B and C gap responsibility in the defensive line, there's a little bit of an inconsistency right now. And unlike Georgia teams in the past, that can be attacked. Now, this is Georgia. They're probably going to close that up. But if you also lose a middle linebacker, that is probably going to expand the, I don't know, the run fit set of stress on this defense, will it not? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, the communication aspect of it, right? Dumas Johnson gets them right a lot of times. Um, but there's still, and even in the secondary too, there's still – a lot of miscommunication or a lack of communication uh, for that matter. And it comes with a lot of our pressures. And I don't think these guys up front understand the run pressures, the run blitzes, um, because there'll be two guys going through the same gap. Like what, like sometimes when we bring zone blitzes and things like that, we're not gap sound. So there's big run lanes on the edges, especially when we twist in and stuff like that, somebody thinks that somebody's going to be there and, they do something else, and you know, there's just like that cross up that you just, you're just like, where's all the space come? Like this is wide open. Like this is, this is never supposed to be wide. There's supposed to be somebody there. Somebody vacates. Somebody's supposed to replace, and the person vacates, and nobody replaces. And it, it comes into that. And if you don't have a really good communicator at, at inside linebacker, for years, Nakobe Dean, uh, Channing Tindall, uh, Quay Walker, those guys were able to get people in place. Dumas Johnson may not be doing that as well as those guys. Now he's out, so it's going to go even further down the list. Like, can C.J. Allen get people right? Is that is that burden going to fall on Smell Munden uh, to get people right? I, I don't know how that's going to look, but I think Quinshawn Judkins is going to see this, and he'll probably get a ton of yards. But as far as third down um, – A ton of yards against George is like 70. Well <laughs> – well, he might, and then you get in the red zone, and yeah, I, I think I think a, there's a lot on these guys too, um, and sometimes they just you know they're still 18 to 22 year old kids, so they're going to get crossed up every once in a while. You, you don't yeah. have the maturity that you've had in years past. You know, in SEC after dark, we talk about this. We talked about it last week that this was the first game that Georgia is going to be asked against Missouri um, whenever they played that for Georgia getting up for Florida and then getting up again for Missouri. And I was like, Hey, I'm not saying Georgia can't do that. I'm saying they haven't had to do that. Yeah. And I don't know that if, if Missouri was good, if there's a chance Missouri was just good. good. Missouri's yeah. good. Like, I, yeah. I, like I'm going to give, I'm going to give a ton of credit to Missouri. They're, they're good. Brady cook is athletic burden. Luther burden is a problem. Like he yeah. is a problem, dude. You can't. Theo Weiss is good. Theo Weiss is really good. I mean, they had a really good game plan. Like Drinkwitz has really improved as a coach. He's, he yeah, he's good. Time. Like he's like they they're good. Like they had a good plan. Like they attacked space. They they kind of had a bead on what we were doing tendency wise. Um, maybe Connor Stallions was in was was uh, was on their staff for a minute, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, no, they I mean they did a really good job. I mean Missouri is a good good team. There's a reason why they've only lost one game. And it's not luck. I mean, they're they're beating people, and they should have they should have beat LSU, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's they're good. They're good. Um, 
And Ole Miss is even better. So, yeah, we're going to have to try to get up for a third week in a row. Hopefully this group can do that. Um, they should be able to, um, but they haven't had to all year. But some of these veterans are hopefully going to, like Javon Bullard and those guys, like hopefully they're going to take charge and say, hey, this is like – this is the game we need to we need to get up for, and it'll it'll uphold your joke. Like the new trend of 2023 is, uh, you're the team that Georgia gets up for and gets obliterated. So, um, I'm hoping that holds true on this one. Uh, no offense to you, Ole Miss fans, but um, I'm hoping the streak gets up to 27 after this week. It, it, it's getting ridiculous. Somebody's got to beat Georgia. Why not Ole Miss? Why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, they have the tools to honestly. Yeah. Um, they have the tools too, but like defensively, like where, where Missouri lacked is they lacked a lot of star power, especially in the secondary. Mm. And they just couldn't handle Georgia's passing attack. And then when they couldn't handle that, of course, the run game opened up uh, as a result. Um, but they came out, I mean, Georgia came out fire. Georgia's been aggressive play calling wise. And I, I love it. Like the conservative play calling is gone. Kirby's like, dude, let's freaking go, man. Like he's not. He's not worried about anything now. He's like he's he's aggressive now, and early on Kirby was not like that. Kirby was very like protective of his defense. Let's just play field position. If we get it, we get it. If not, three points is great. He's not like that anymore, and I think he trusts Bobo. He trusts Bobo a lot, and he's given Bobo a lot of a lot more free reign than than he, he than he did with Munkin early on. Then Munkin earned it, and then he said, "Okay, Munkin, you know what you're doing, so I'm not going to bother you." But yeah, it's been it's been great, dude. Hey, is Brock Bowers going to play? I doubt it. I doubt he's going to play. Um, I mean, he, it, it, it's going to be lucky if he's back for Tennessee, right? Yeah, I, I was not expecting. I was expecting him to get like a get his first start against Georgia Tech, and if we were fortunate enough to go to the SEC championship, be ready. Like I was thinking, Brock Bowers, he's on his he's on a plan to be ready for SEC championship. Man, that has a chance to be just a massive trap game, that Georgia Tech game. God, Georgia Tech's good, man. And we have to go <laughs> there, too. Like, we have to go down there. Yeah, like, that's in between Tennessee and, and potentially Alabama in the SEC championship game. Yeah, it's – man, that's a brutal, brutal game. Uh, because Georgia Tech, like, they made a change of defensive coordinator now, and they're actually playing defense down there, and they've been scoring all year long. Hmm. They've been putting points up all year long. Uh, but they finally figured out the defensive piece, and now they're playing really good complimentary football. Yeah. They're just T take your victory lap. Tell everybody that's watching the show that doesn't know who the offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech is. The offensive coordinator. If you look at a picture of him, you could probably tell. It's probably <laughs> no mystery. Him and I look very similar. But uh, his name's Buster Faulkner. He's my cousin. Um, he played it. He's a state champion at Parkview High School. And you, and you live in the state of Georgia, um, and he's the offensive coordinator. At Georgia Tech, he's been at so he's been with the, he was with the Mustard Buzzards for one year, as mm -hmm. uh, as your fans like to say. Um, he was with MTSU, Arkansas State. He kicked around at FCS for a little while, but uh, he's most recently an analyst at Georgia, and then now he's at Georgia. Now he's at Georgia Tech. Took the offensive coordinator job, at Georgia Tech. Yeah, and if you look at um, what he's done with Haynes King, needs to be hung in the Louvre because yeah. yeah, that's a job. That is a job because like. Mm -hmm. Watching and y'all, your fan base is familiar with this because y'all play mm -hmm. him every year. Um, when he was at Texas A&M, he was downright awful. Mm -hmm. He had, like, he had he, like Walter Johnson's nineteen thirteen throwing motion. Yeah, um, like, I yeah, could throw better right-handed because I'm, yeah. I'm a, I could throw better right-handed than he could. 
Like I mean, it, Tim it, Tebow looked at him and said, "Man, you got a problem with your throwing motion, buddy?" Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's it's bad. Like, yeah. and now he looks. I mean, he still has a quirky throwing motion. Like he's never going to lose that. But but it's so much shorter than it was. It's so much shorter. Uh, it's so much more efficient. Mm-hmm. And he knows where to go with the ball, and he's he's just very comfortable. And between and it, Buster and Chris Winky, who's the quarterbacks coach there, uh, they've gotten him right. And they've got a good running game going too, man. Like Georgia Tech is, and for the Georgia Georgia Tech rivalry, it's good when Georgia Tech is good. Like that's that's a meaningful rivalry when Georgia Tech's good. And, and Georgia fans will never really admit this, but it's absolutely true. Like we want Georgia Tech to be good. Because, like, that game's been a throwaway game for, like, 15 years because we – I mean, it's just been a pitiful game for – actually, more than that, really. Uh, it's yeah. been a pitiful game since 2002. It's a couple, yeah. yeah. No, no, it's from 2000 on. So, in the in the 2000s, um, when Rick took over, um, mm. the year after Rick took over, uh, that game became just pitiful. And there were some blips for Georgia Tech, but for the most part, that game – became very pitiful. Georgia fans really weren't that excited about it, but they're going to go just because that's what we do. Uh, we go to the Georgia Tech game. and But it's not. it's been one of those where there's not really a whole lot of excitement around it because we know we're going to win. It's, it's, it, we treat it almost like a G5 game some mm-hmm. years. But if they're good, oh, my gosh. Like, you're reminded those years that they won, you're reminded of why this is a rivalry, right? Well, it's, it's kind, of, kind of like the Ole Miss LSU game. And whenever Ole Miss is good, LSU fans treat that differently. Yeah. They storm the field when they win the game. They, they, you can tell that the stuff they say and and whenever they're winning the game, they don't even really believe it. Right. Exactly. And it, it's it's it, it's great. I, I I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for Georgia Tech being good. I I and when Buster got hired, I was like, oh no, you got hired Georgia Tech. Now I got root for Georgia Tech, but. Um, I, I I would tell all my family, I tell anybody that knows knows the situation, I go, I'm gonna root for Georgia Tech to score a ton of points. I don't care if they win or lose, but I just want them to score a ton of points. Yeah. And um before we get out of here um and go on about our business, I, I was going to ask a question. I kind of lost it in the weeds there for a second. But this Georgia team moving forward, they're honoring Mark Richt uh-huh. in this game. Okay. And that's got to be a plus for Ole Miss, right? Uh, no, there's gonna be some juice there, man. Yeah, we love him. We love him. We love us and Mark Rick. Oh, y'all love him now. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, we love him now. Those okay, that still, okay. those that still hate him, those aren't real fans, right? Like people, people that were throwing shade and throwing hate was just they were just mad because we weren't winning, right? And he was visibly burnt out. Uh, yeah. The players were visibly burnt. Like it, it just needed to happen. Like he yeah. just needed to just be out of there for his own sake. I mean, you could see it in his face. Like he just, he looked like crap, man. Like that, yeah. that, that last year. I mean, he was, he looked rough, man. He looked like he just, it just needed to end for him. And, but he's been welcomed back with open arms. I think Kirby embracing him helped that a lot too. Okay. I know what I was going to ask you right now. Ole Miss has Amari Walton, Jared Ivy, and Akello Stone from Georgia Tech that transferred to Ole Miss. Good move this game's time. probably going to mean something to those guys because those are all three major contributors on Ole Miss's defense, and they've never had a shot to beat Georgia before. No. I mean, not at all. Uh, this game will mean a ton to them. I mean, this game should mean a ton to the entire Ole Miss team. You guys have a, oh, yeah. have a really good chance. But those three especially, like, they understand 
the level of rivalry there. Like Georgia is more of a rival for Georgia Tech than Georgia Tech is for Georgia at this at this current juncture. Mm-hmm. And those guys, like you ask them, they'll tell you all about it. And especially Jared Ivey. Jared Ivey was able to really play um, and really make some some contributions in, in those Georgia-Georgia Tech games. Um, those guys were some lone bright spots for that Georgia Tech defense. And thankfully they moved on because that was a freaking dumpster fire. Uh, they would have been they, – their their careers would have been wasted if they stayed there because it was – I mean, it got bad uh, real quick. I, I don't know that they would have been able to salvage it enough this year to have a successful college career. They moved to Ole Miss. They're, they're experiencing some success, which is good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those those guys are going to be chirping, right? And those guys are going to add some juice to this to this game, and, and, and I, I'm all for that. I, I really like that. And um... – Georgia versus Alabama. If you if you've seen what um, Jalen Miller, let's just assume that Georgia plays Alabama in the SEC championship game. We've all seen wow. what Jalen Milrow can do. That's yeah. gotten to be a little bit scary, hasn't it? Yeah, he's uh, developing as a passer, which I thought he would. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still don't. I still don't really like what they're doing play calling wise over there. Still no, think, no, they're, I still don't like that. Big like um, Tebow. Like, yeah, they're just gonna get yeah. themselves into some bad situations. Um, Israel and I talked about this on our show, um, how we treat Jayla Milrow is going to be kind of how we have to treat Jackson Dart because Jackson Dart is so good at running the ball. Um, he's obviously a way better passer, that without question. Um, but I think if we, if we treat the run aspect of it very similar, then we should have a good game plan against Jayla Milrow because – I don't think those Alabama receivers are good enough to create separation against our secondary. That's not a good matchup for them. Where they're – the run game is going to have to be really, really good for them. Um, I just don't think – I just don't think it will be enough. I don't know that any of Alabama's skill players would start at Ole Miss. They definitely wouldn't start at Georgia. Yeah. It's so weird that Alabama's there. It's so cyclical. I mean, it, it's yeah. bound to happen at some point, right? It's going to happen yeah. to Georgia. Uh, it, at some point, that's going to happen to Georgia. Yeah, and, and y'all go into the SEC championship game and play against the dirtiest player in college football. Yeah, Dallas Turner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's something to contend with. Like, he's going to try to knock Brock ba- – or he's going to try to knock Brock Vandegrift into the game. Yeah. Knocking out Carson Beck. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, they just don't – match up that well um, yeah. against what Georgia does well. I just don't – like, I just don't like – yeah, I just don't think – I don't think it's a good matchup for them. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, Corey, and thanks, everybody, for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. You can catch me and Corey every Wednesday night on the SEC After Dark YouTube channel. Check out that chan- um, channel and watch that show. Also, you can hear him on Believe in Georgia Dogs. Um, is it once a week? Right now, yes. We're trying to increase that, but, man, we got some busy schedules. But, yeah, right now it's yeah. once a week. All right. So, enjoy that. Give Corey a subscription to Believe in Georgia Dogs, and we will catch everybody as this massive, massive football game is ready to happen. Anyway, take care, Corey, and thank you very much, bud. All right. Thanks for having me on, Steve, man. You're killing it, and as always, go dogs. 